Hey everyone, this is Tony Reyes from Black Life China. We're trying something new. I'm trying to work out this whole Facebook uh, video and trying to provide more information, a little bit extra to the podcast that we usually do for Black Life China, where I interview African Americans, Black Americans who are living abroad, and provide more information based on my own experience and advice because I get a lot of questions about living in China. Again, I've been about five years, I lived about five years, different parts of China. In addition to that, I also, uh, you know, my research in undergrad and grad was based on Chinese and black experience in China. So this is another way of just doing, connecting with the people and all you guys out there and finding a way to communicate with you and answer your questions. And I think this is probably a, a cool platform to try out to do that. And also this video, the, the audio will be on the Black Life China podcast in the description. So let's begin. Now, one of the big questions I often get when people see that I studied and lived in China for you know so many different times for about five years, uh, people ask me, how do you afford? How can you go to China? How can you live there if you have little or no money? Again, more of my background, first generation to graduate high school directly and to go to college. Um, and so finding ways to fund my own life living in China was, you know, I had to learn on my own. I had to find money because I didn't have money. I didn't have parents paying for me. So I had to get very creative, find ways to get funding for it. So what I'm going to do, and really what this um, tea with Tony is, is my personal experience and advice, and trying to provide it to you guys. And hopefully it's helpful. If it's not, you know, I try. But hopefully what I see is helpful to many of you out there who wants to shake things up or try something new. So speaking specifically, there's three uh, ways that I'm going to speak about from my own experience of how I was able to live in China for pretty much almost free. And I did it at different points in my life. So no one has an excuse of why you can't go to China. There's ways to do that. And I'm gonna speak about them here. So the first way, of course, is that's a simple, easy way. Is, um not easy, but it's the most common way. It's finding scholarships and funding to go to China. Now, again, you don't have to go to a great school that has you know, study abroad program that has financial aid available um, specifically for studying abroad. In my case, um, before I went to university, I went to a community college, uh, a small community college in Texas, but I was determined to go to China and learn the language, right? And I had no background, no experience with Chinese. I had no money to go. I had a school that, that didn't have a study abroad program. Again, it was a community college, but yet uh, through the determination and help of a friend, you know, I was able to search and research a lot of scholarships that were out there. And then back when I was trying to go up to China, um, there wasn't a lot of funding available to you know, study in China wasn't really popping, wasn't really popular um, as a study abroad destination. But still with that, I was able to find a scholarship at a time it was Freeman Asia Scholarship. Now I'm not sure that scholarship is still available. If it is, you should definitely apply. And again, you don't, you need very little to no experiences, no experience for that scholarship. In my case, I think the Freeman Asia required that you had little Chinese or no Chinese experience to um, apply for it. So I did. I applied for it. And with the help with a college counselor, we created a study abroad program specifically for me that allowed for me to apply for this scholarship and meet all the um, requirements. And as a tip there, let me tell you something. Even if you don't meet all the requirements for a scholarship, still apply because a lot of times you can fudge your way through some requirements. You know, if you don't have one thing out of like 50, trust me, they'll look past, they won't look past you. They'll still um, um, consider you 
for the scholarship. So, so you're applying for something, and even if it looks competitive or difficult, um, still apply for it. And again, my third way of how to get to China for pretty much free will cover a little bit of that um, idea. So again, scholarships and grants. Remember, you don't have to go to a school that has a study abroad program. There's like over $25 million available for people to study abroad, and it's for people at different areas in their educational level. So trust me, you should definitely look into applying for scholarships and grants. And if you're a student, I really plead with you to study abroad. Why? Because it changes a lot of who you are. It, it helps you see the world differently. And I think it really makes you competitive when it comes to you know getting a job, entering to the workforce. I'm going to do another video another time about you know how you can use your international experience to find work back in America. Because in the end, you're going to have to. And the key is how do you leverage you know, your China experience, for example, to you know working back in America. And I've done it. So because I've done it, I'm going to share with you how you can go about doing that. So. Let's continue. Um, the second thing I would say, number two, would be, is do we have the scholarships? Ah, you know, finding a job in China. So um, in my case, after graduating from university, I wanted to go to China again. And again, I didn't want to pay for it because I didn't pay for it the first time. Didn't want to pay for it the second time. Didn't have the money. I just graduated. Didn't have money to do anything else right after that. Um, but I was able to, you know, find a job teaching in China. You're like, okay, that sounds easy. Or maybe you don't think it, maybe you think it sounds very hard. Uh, but I'm going to walk you through how I did it. And hopefully it's helpful to you. So in my case, I wanted to go back to China. But I wanted to go a part of China where the people spoke a dialect of Chinese that was close to Mandarin. Um, if you don't know, that just because you study Mandarin school, not everyone in China actually can speak or understands Mandarin. Um, so you got to really make a decision where you want to go and part of the country. Um, because I wanted to speak with the local people and really use the language with everyday people. And so I had to go to a part that had people who spoke close enough to Mandarin. So in my case, I went to northeastern China. Well, that was my goal. And also I love the northeastern China too, um, food. So I was very specific about you know the environment I wanted to be in. So to you know find a way there, uh, a good way of doing this. And many people don't do this, right? Most people go onto you know job boards to find jobs in China, or they'll work for Disney English or English First and work for study abroad like uh, language schools. In my case, I didn't want to work, work for language school, right? You got to know your objective. I wasn't going to China to make money, right? Um, I need enough money to live well in China, but I didn't need enough money that will be comparable to making good money here. That's, it can be hard to do to do that in China because the dollar to yuan exchange foreign currency rate, right, is crazy. So why are you going there? Uh, in my case, I wanted the experience. I wanted to be in a place where I could feel secure and get to know people and really use and learn the language. So in my case, I worked for a school. I worked for a university. Um, I actually was a foreign expert of language and culture was the uh, license or certificate I received to teach there at a university in northeast, eastern China. So again, how was I able to do that after graduating with a BA, right? So basically, 
Most people, when they're trying to find jobs, again, they go to job boards. In my case, I didn't want to go to job boards. I mean, I did a little of that, but I had a whole different technique. My whole idea was I didn't want to go where people were. I want to go to a place where people are not competing with me, right? What I mean by that, a lot of people go to these job boards, but a lot of people go to the same job boards. In my case, I went on different websites uh, in China, like university websites, went to their language department, their English language department, and I actually looked for email addresses of professors who taught English, and I emailed them directly in English and in Chinese with an English and Chinese resume about wanting to teach there. And honestly, that worked extremely well. Um, to you, I, mean, I had a lot of different offers from that, and many people don't do that, right? There's a lot of schools in China that would love to have a native speaker of English, you know, in China to, to teach, um, but they don't speak very good English, and they don't know how to connect with those Americans in this case to have them come to China. So why, you know, make it difficult for them? I went to them instead and looked at various universities. Um, you know, online and were in the parts of China that I wanted to be. And I was able to apply directly for these teaching opportunities there. And it worked extremely well. And again, when you teach in China, it often allows for you to pretty much live a very comfortable life. So it's not a lot of money, but it's enough money to be comfortable in China while you're there. Also, you get holidays off. And again, you meet a lot of students, in my case, around my age when I went, because they're university students. Um, and also, they pay for your flight there and back. So again, I didn't pay for any of that. Everything was covered, right? So the second option, again, is to find a teaching job. Again, you can go private and teach for an English language program, language school. Uh, you work you know, full hours. They pay better. Uh, you don't necessarily get as many breaks as you do teaching at a, you know, a government-controlled school. But I do think you get more security in a government school because private language schools in China, some of them can try to cheat you out of your money. Uh, if you don't know the culture, you don't know how to get around that. So it can be tricky. Um, and I guess government schools can do that too, but a lot of times that money is coming straight from the government, the Chinese government, which makes it simpler in terms of not having to worry so much about you know you not getting your money while you're there. Um, but again, you know, going find a school, find a part of China you want to be, find universities and colleges in that, in those areas, and then connecting to those English language department or those foreign language teaching departments and finding people's email addresses and emailing them directly, right? If you can do that in Chinese, it would be better. It just makes the communication easier, but if not, still try. And honestly, let me know if that worked for you because it worked well for me. Okay, and a third way and a final way is, um, well, a lot of people who, you know, you, know, you graduate college um, and you're working for several years and you're a professional, but then you decide to yourself, hey, you know, I want to go to China. I want to go over there now, and I want to, I want to live there. I want, I don't want to teach. I want to do something. I just want to be there and, and and live amongst the people. How do I do that without paying money for it? Well, there's a way. I did that too. So after so after coming back to China, going to graduate school, graduating, uh, and then working for three years in America, I was working for a program during that time. 
um, well, business that helped underrepresented students go abroad, go to Asia. Um, well, not Asia, but around the world. And I was going to different schools and telling students about financial opportunities that were out there. And I, it's, it's kind of hard to get American students to go abroad. I and mean, some were interested, but in that process, three years, I found different ways that I can, you know, I can go back to China. And I thought, well, I've been telling students how to get to China and had have people pay to go to China or any other country. You know, I should show them how it's done. So I decided to go back to China again. Again, I wasn't a student. This was uh, three years after being a student. So I couldn't use any of those kind of student connections to get to China. And I know I, I, know I didn't want to teach in China, right? So... I had to find this different way. And the way I did it was through Fulbright. Um, Fulbright provides a lot of different funding opportunities for students and non-students and working professionals to go to China. And I really tell you guys, you should definitely apply for this. Many of you may think you may not meet the requirements to go, but like I said, you never know until you apply. You know, people, you know, different programs will look over certain things if you meet the majority of the application, the requirements. In this case, I met the requirements for it and I applied for the Fulbright Scholarship. I think one of the benefits as a working professional you have over, say, a, a student applying for a Fulbright is that you have real world experience and you use that real world experience to relate to what kind of research you want to do while you're there. And again, your research can be anything. Um, Fulbright does uh, require some language um, experience, but really, you can you can find ways past that. I knew a lot of students who weren't the best Chinese language speakers, who who were who were able to get that scholarship. And honestly, if you want to go to China and you want to live there as a professional, you know, um, outside of school, you should study some of the language before you go anyway. So. I think that should be on you to learn some Chinese before you go. It's not a trip. You'll be doing some kind of research. And again, I met people who are in the private sector doing kind of, you know, research that helped their business. And there's so many different ways you can do it. So again, I covered one way was if you're a student, you want to go to China. If you're a community college student, you don't have a program in your town. There's funding for this, many scholarships. You have the most options and the most money to go to China. Secondly, say you graduated but you still wanted to go right to school, you can always teach in China, right? Teaching is another way for anyone to go to China. And again, I outlined a very um, effective way of finding, you know, English language programs or uh, English language teaching departments at universities and college colleges that can help you really, you know, you know, find your own lane of finding a teaching opportunity to live in China. Again, they cover everything while you're there. And then the third thing is, again, the Fulbright. Um, a scholarship or grant. Um, that's a great way as a pr working professional to then go to China and to then teach, not teach here, but do your research there. So I was there for over a year. I got into this really cool language um, uh, program they had there in Northeastern China that for three months you couldn't speak English. You had to really learn Chinese and then they sent you to wherever your research area was going to be. And pretty much you were left to do your research wherever that would be. And that's a great way of having freedom to explore China, to learn new things and to research or study whatever it is your proposal um, was for that grant. Um, so again, if you're looking to go to China and you're a student, you're not a student, you've been working for several years, there's ways to do that. And there's money out there for you to do that. 
is up to you to go find those ways. And again, I just outlined those for you. But again, if you want more information, again, I just want to try to provide the knowledge that I have, my more, my experience. If some of you out there have other ways to do that, please leave that information in the comments to let others know about other ways of getting into China, ways you found to get there for free, right? Um, and that's it. That's the end of this episode. And again, this was... I thought it was pretty good. So anyways, you want to have you have any other questions or you, any other topics you want me to cover um, dealing with China or other things, um, feel free to hit me up at info at blacklifechina.com. Again, that's info at blacklifechina.com. And also I have interviews with several different black Americans living in China and other episodes of particularly Tea with Tony, which is about my personal experiences in China and in life. Um, at you know, the Black Life China podcast where you can find on iTunes or you can go to the blacklifechina.com website and have links to iTunes. And if, you do, if you're not on iTunes, you're on Android, it gives you options there. So I hope you enjoy that. And again, I'm gonna try this again a little later on and see how it goes. You guys have a good day. Peace.